Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Monday evening with you. Well, Falcons mandatory minicamp gets cranked up tomorrow as everybody will be reporting, and uh, that will go on this particular week. And... We head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Our friend of the show, she covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. Tori McElhaney is joining us. You can follow her on her personal Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney. Tori, as always, appreciate a few minutes uh, here tonight on the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Happy to hop on. So I want to ask you about a couple of different players that uh, I'm intrigued by what your thoughts are about what their role is going to be this upcoming season. I'll start with... I'll start with first Jalen Mayfield, who obviously the last time we saw Jalen Mayfield, he missed all of last year, struggled in that first year uh, where he was pretty much thrown into a starting role that probably wasn't fair to him. But what do you think his role is going to be this year? I know we've seen him working out back at tackle, but what do you think the plan is for him this year? Yeah, I think that if you're just looking at a way for Jalen Mayfield, I think to if I'm being completely honest, stay on this roster. I do kind of see him in that swing tackle type role, like being able to play tackle when you need him and being able to play inside at guard when you need him. I go back to, you know, he was a player, not unlike Matthew Bergeron, who we're seeing now, who played a vast majority, if not his entire college career at tackle. And I think that it was really hard for him to kind of come in and be able to play at the level that I think they needed him to. And you talk about it kind of being unfair. And I think there was no one that was kind of thrown to the wolves the way that Jalen Mayfield was his first year in the league. And then he's going through this back injury that lingered all throughout last year. And I think really and truly get now into his third year in the league and you're just trying, I think, to make him comfortable again. You know, like this is a guy who I think was really, really beat up that first year, was injured all through his second year. Just getting him, like, back on the field and being comfortable is, I think, the step that the Falcons need to take with him right now. And I think it's what they're doing actively by allowing him to kind of go back to his route to tackle. And, you know, I wonder if the Falcons maybe learn their lesson with Jalen Mayfield because, again, Bergeron is a guy who played nothing but tackle, but we they saw they immediately plugged him into the left guard spot. And, you know, when Mayfield was a rookie, he was filling in for Caleb McGarry at that right tackle spot. And then right. all of a sudden he feels, you know, all of a sudden he has to start all year long. I wonder if there was a learning lesson that this coaching staff said, mm, okay, if we're going to install a, a guy in a new position, let's get him acclimated right away. 
Yeah, I feel like that has to be in the in the back of your head if if you're this Falcons coaching staff and you know, just in terms of, of being putting they always talk about, you know, putting the their players in the best possible position for themselves, not for anybody else, for who they are as a player right now in their careers. Well, it was kind of a, a, a out of necessity that Jalen Mayfield had to play at that left guard position and kind of doing something that he'd never done before. And I, I think with Matthew Bergeron, I think that's why you're seeing a guy like Matt Hennessy getting the vast majority of the would-be first-team reps at left guard because, you know, there is a learning curve. when it, I mean, you're just talking about, like, the muscle memory of playing guard and tackle is, is just different. And so if you're Matthew Bergeron, there needs to be time to acclimate yourself to – the a new position that you've never played before. And I think that's really smart on the Falcons to, to kind of try and ease him into it and, and not kind of go the Jalen Mayfield route where it's like, all right, you're a guard, go out there and start and try and protect Matt Ryan. And, and, and you know, Tori, you wrote a good article about the positionless football team. That, that is, you can check out her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. But the, you know, the article talks about guys that are versatile, but you know, at the same time, it's not beer league softball, you know, where you play third base in game one and you play second base in game two and center field in game three, and then your buddies and, you know, you go out for chicken wings and beer afterward. I mean, it's not it's not that easy. And, and so you, you, on one hand you say, well, he's just playing one spot inside. Yeah, but there's a whole series of things to learn when you're a tackle versus a guard. And, you know, I, I wonder – that, you know, you know, and I know we've seen this over, you know, the last couple of years with Arthur Smith, that they work their rookies into the regular season at a slower pace than maybe some other teams do. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I go back to the example of Richie Grant. You know, Richie Grant was a second-round pick, and I think when you're in that second round, you know, anywhere in the second round, I think a lot of times people automatically kind of think of a second-round pick in the same way they think of a first-round pick where – they're coming in and they should start right away or within the first five games. And with Richie Grant, they really did take their time to develop him over his rookie year where they had him playing special teams a whole, whole lot. He was really important to special teams. And he was kind of getting his reps behind uh, some veteran guys that they had on one-year deals. And, and I think, honestly, when I look back at the trajectory of Richie Grant, as an example, I do think that he's somebody that benefited from that kind of slower pace of we don't have to get this guy and throw him out to the fire and have him drink water out of a fire hydrant in order to to go out and play well. And I think that served him really, really well because I've had conversations with him where he was, you know, talking about that first year and how he maybe wasn't he even ready to the point of being able to go out there and play at the speed that he needed to. But then he comes in in that second year and feels a lot more prepared. And, and that it goes back again to making sure that your players are in the best position for themselves. And I, I, I just use that example because I think it's so poignant to, to kind of what we're talking about. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. So the other player I want to ask you about is a guy that I, I really like. And, and I'm curious now with, um, the, the Jesse Bates signing. What what do you think happens with Jalen Hawkins this year? Yeah, I, I'm really curious about that, too. You know, it's really funny because in the last, like, two and a half weeks of voluntary OTAs, that, that Jesse Bates, 
Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant have only, I think, been together like one day that I've seen. I mean, mm. granted, we it's only open to the media like one day a week. But, you know, Jesse had had a, his uh, partner had a baby and Jalen wasn't there for, for something and Richie wasn't there. So it, it has we haven't seen really all three of them together. I'm really excited about this coming week mandatory minicamp and kind of seeing those three guys together because I do think that you – if you're Jerry Gray and you kind of are looking at the safety position, you feel really, really good that you have three solid starters at that spot that you can rotate in and out as you see fit. So I, I'm really curious to see how that rotation shakes out as well. I mean, I'm, I'm just as curious, I think, as everybody else. And so far, we just haven't really had that much of an opportunity to see it actively. You know, if we kind of fantasy book and have a little bit of fun with things um... – you know, the Falcons were the first team in NFC history to have two players that ran for 1,000 yards in a season. They were the first team. It had been done three times in the AFC before that. But, you know, I look at the idea of when, when you factor in a few things, the fact that Tyler Algier, B. John Robinson, they can pick up a lot of yards in a hurry. They're running behind a really good offensive line, especially when you start running behind that right side. And Algier averaged – almost five yards a carry. I think it was 4.9 yards per carry. Um, he had a really good, I think it was 3.6 yards after contact uh, per carry number. I just wonder if if you don't want to put Desmond Ritter in, you know, some high leverage situations that you don't need to, I wonder if they couldn't end up with a couple of guys that run for 1,000 yards in Algier and B. John Robinson. Yeah, I'm not putting that past Arthur Smith at all. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. A young quarterback's best friend is a consistent and productive run game. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that you saw that in the last four games of the 2022 season and, and how much, you know, if something isn't working my favorite quote of the entire, and I hope I can say this on the radio, but I, my favorite quote of the entire season last year was when Arthur Smith went over to the offensive line and just said, we're going to run the piss out of the ball. And then they go on for the next 14 plays and just ran the ball. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that was in the middle of the season. And so I think it's one of those things that when you have Bijan Robinson, you have Tyler Algier, and let's not forget Cordero Patterson. I mean, these are three guys who you know are going to get the ball handed off to them and they're going to get their yards, especially with this offensive line blocking for them. So why not do that? You know, it allows you to, to control the clock and it allows you to kind of do what you want to in that regard. And you know that you can do it because you saw how they did it last year. I just think that if you're Desmond Ritter, you're just so happy that you're in a situation where you have Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson and Cordero Patterson, along with, you know, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. But those guys specifically, that if things aren't working, you can hand the ball off to them and they can get five yards. Potty mouth, Tori McElhaney joining us here on the Wakeboard.com. <laughs> now, kid, uh, from AtlantaFalcons.com. Uh, you know, obviously with Avery Williams out and, and he's your main punt returner. And I'm, I'm curious, I, I know Arthur put out some names, got D. Alford and, and a couple other guys, but you think that there is a chance that we see Cordell Patterson where maybe if his role is sort of reduced in what they do on offense, 
could his role increase in special teams? I think he's going to run kickback, kicks back, but I wonder if he'll get in the mix for punt returns as well. I'm going to say no. And the reason why I say that is, you know, I think that I would absolutely keep him on kick returns and I think he wants to be on kick returns. But when it comes to punt return, that's not necessarily something that Cordero Patterson has done a whole, whole lot of. He's a kick returner. He's not necessarily a punt return guy. And I think that's why Avery Williams role was so important is because they could kind of like tag team that. And it wasn't up to Cordero Patterson to return punts. Not saying that he wouldn't do it or that he wouldn't want to do it. But I just think that there are opportunities for some other guys who I think would maybe be better suited right now in their careers to return punts. I mean, we're talking about Cordero Patterson. Again, I could say this and he could hear this and be like, well, now I'm going to go return punts because Tori said I'm too old to do it. And, <laughs> and then I would, and then to that, I would be like, please go ahead, do it. But I, I really do think like a guy like D Alford or Penny Hart, some, someone like that, that's kind of like you're a, a role player to a certain extent could come in and fill that role of what Avery Williams was on that 53 man roster. And I'm not saying that they're going to, play to the level of Avery Williams. I mean, we think about how good Avery Williams was in 2022 and he was had the best, had the highest average of punt return yards in the league last year by 3 yards. I think he was at 16.2 and the next closest was 13.2. I mean, that I everybody was talking about like, "Oh, I you know, we don't need another receiver or running back and, you know, so sorry Avery Williams, but that wasn't what his role was his role is on special teams and what he can do in the return game and so uh, that that's just my two cents I got off on a tangent there but I, I do think that it's an opportunity for some other guys who are kind of playing a different role to, to make this 50-man roster last question for you Tori um, you know I have been preaching that I, I think the key stat to look at is red zone offense and you know they were 20 I believe it was 24th in Arthur's first year as far as touchdown percentage, uh, 14th last year. Look, I've said if they can be 67%, which would give them a top five finish, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be. I mean, with with Pitts and London and Smith and Johnny Smith and just Patterson and, you know, every Algier and, you know, all the guys that we know that they have. But I, I really do look at the idea of this should be an elite red zone offense. Like there's no reason why that they shouldn't be elite in that end of the field. I completely agree, and it's something that I know Arthur Smith has said on a few occasions that a goal of his in 2023 is to make this offense more explosive. And while I completely like agree with that, I, I, I think like in terms of explosives, they weren't really getting that many uh, towards the end of last season, and I, I do agree with him when he says that, but to me it really is about being like a really, really good offense inside the 20 and if you take you know if you're not having explosives to get all the way down to the 20 but then you can punch it in pretty easily I'll take that every single day I really will and so I think that it's like when I look at this team and and what you hope that they can be inside the red zone inside the 20 it it, it is something that I'm I'm kind of like okay, they don't have to be super explosive. They want to run the ball the whole way to the 15-yard line, and then Desmond Ritter tosses one up to Drake London in the back of the end zone. By all means, do it. However you got to get there, but it wasn't ever – 
the Falcons' issues last year wasn't ever getting to the red zone. It was punching it in when they got there. And I think that's the difference. She covers the Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. Tori McElhaney joined me on the WaitFor.com hotline. Follow her on her personal Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. Tori, as always, appreciate a few minutes with the show tonight, and uh, we will chat again here soon. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Y'all have a good week. You got it. Chuck Ray in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.